Hello again. This is Gary Meese with the case against. We're going to be looking at uh, the case of uh, Dominique Tier, Damien Eccles' girlfriend. This is going to be part one since there's quite a bit of material on Dominique. And I, I don't want to just rush through it. Um, I'm not sure she's absolutely essential to the case, but I think it's important to understand <clears throat> her what she says she was doing in relation to what Damien says he was doing. And uh, we actually will get more crucial issues in the second uh, part of this. <clears throat> but mostly I just didn't want to make too long an episode. This is from the chapter, We Never Walked on the Service Road Ever, from my book Blood on Black, uh, which is the first volume of a two-volume series, the second volume being Where the Monsters Go. Both those books are condensed into a single volume. Convinced, revised, edited, hopefully improved into a, 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 thir a third volume, which has very little, very little, if any, new material. It's, it's a con condensation of the first two books called The Case Against the West Memphis Three Killers. All these books are available in print and in Kindle format on Amazon.com. Uh, the, the electronic uh, prices are more affordable than the print. The print will, will last as long as you take care of the book. I don't know how long the electronic, electronic uh, books will last. It's probably up to Amazon. Presumably forever, but who knows. Anyway, uh, we'll just start reading. Um, again, this is Gary Meese. I'm broadcasting from the banks of the beautiful Rotten Bayou. And an ongoing series about the West Memphis Three. Three men who killed Michael Moore, Stevie Branch, and Christopher Byers on May 5th, 1993. In a horrific uh, surprise attack that involved in some woods in West Memphis, Arkansas. The boys were eight years old. Uh... The killers were in their late to mid-teens. Uh, Jason Baldwin, Damien Eccles, Jesse Miskelly Jr. Um, the bodies were found on May 6, 1993. Then uh, the arrest came after Miskelly confessed on June 3, 1993. But Damien Eccles had been a the prime suspect due to his own statements mostly, uh, but also to the fact that he'd been seen walking away from the scene of the crime since uh, 
four or five days after the killings. The arrest had little to nothing, to, had nothing to do with preferring to listen to Metallica over various other rock bands, had little or nothing to do with whether they, what color of t-shirts they wore, um, except for Damien, their hairstyle, and, and Jesse had a fairly bizarre hairstyle when he was arrested, but uh, before that, and, and he got that hairstyle right after, immediately after invo getting involved in these killings, but uh, he had was by no means uh, an unusual, except for being small, he was by no means, an, he didn't present himself in any kind of unusual way for the trailer parks that lie between Marion and West Memphis, Arkansas. Jason Baldwin was an absolutely generic, head-banging teenager in the Beavis and Butthead mold. Uh, you could put him, put in him in there, and take out Butthead, and you really wouldn't notice the difference. Uh, Damien Eccles was, uh, you know, a fairly standard gothy uh, kid who liked liked to parade around as if he were Count Dracula, and Freddy Krueger rolled into one. Uh, and he, he did like to wear black, and that did draw some attention because it's uh, wearing all black all the time is an unusual style choice that will get you noticed. However, he was not alone with many of these choices in the trailer parks in West Memphis, and the, uh, a lot of the other kids were also wearing things like black trench coats and so forth. The thing that made Damien a little different is he would wear the black trench coat in June, July, and August in the extremely hot and humid Arkansas summer. Okay, we're going to be talking today about Dominique here, who was uh, Damien Eccles' pregnant 16-year-old girlfriend at the time of the killings. Dominie Alliotier, pregnant girlfriend of Damien Eccles, gave an account on May 5th, 1993 that placed her safely off the scene from the harbor at moonrise. Dominie, a slender redhead, first was questioned by police with Jason Baldwin and Damien Eccles the Sunday after the killings in the front yard of the Baldwin trailer at 245 West Lake Drive South in Lakeshore State's trailer park. Dominique also lived on Lake West Lake Drive, uh, further up the block from uh, Jason. I believe they've since changed the name of the streets there, but basically it's the main north-south street that you first encounter after you come in to the entrance and past what, where the store used to be. I haven't been there since the store burned and I don't know if they've rebuilt it or not. Uh, I hope to go back before too long, but I haven't been there in roughly two years. So things can change. Uh, 
there have been some news stories indicating that things have just simply gotten worse in Lakeshore Estates, but they were not, it was not a great place to live in 1993. Lots of stray dogs, lots of trash, lots of punky kids, parents who really weren't doing what they should be doing. Anyway, Dominique told Shane Griffin, the detectives, and Bill Durham that on, quote, on May 5th, 1993, she and Damien and Jason Baldwin were at Jason's uncle's house somewhere around Dover Road mowing the lawn in the early afternoon. Then stated that she got home around 6 p.m. and was there the rest of the night verified by mother. Durham reported, Damien phoned his father to pick them up at the laundromat at Missouri and North Worthington. They said they were picked up at 6 p.m. and Damien's father took Jason and Dominic home and Damien went home. Uh, Dominique often gets referred to with various other names like Dominique and Dominic in these uh, report, written reports. Brian Ridge interviewed Dominique at West Memphis Police Department headquarters on May 10th with Mary Margaret Kesterson of the Arkansas State Police sitting in. Ridge reported, Dominique claimed that on Wednesday 5-5-9-3 that she went with Damien, Jason, and Ken, who would be Ken Watkins, a young friend of the killers, to uh, Jason's uncle's house to watch as Jason mowed his yard. Dominie and Damien went to the laundry where they called for Damien's mother to pick them up. Now it's Damien's mother who picked them up, not Damien's father. Dominie stated that the time was about dark or just before it got dark. It wasn't getting dark at 6 p.m. on that particular day. Uh, Sun, sunrise was at, uh, I mean, sunset was at 7.49, 49, something around there, 7.50. And it would not have gotten fully dark until maybe 8.15, 8.30 or so. Dominique stated that she was dropped off at her house and Damien went home. Dominique stated that she called Damien and that he told her he was tired and was going to sleep. Dominique's mother stated that Dominique came in when Time Tracks, an old television series, was on TV at, on Wednesday evening. Dominique stated that on Thursday she and Damien had an argument and took out stress on each other. Dominique claimed that the conflict was to do with Jason Baldwin and his girlfriend. There's going to be much more about this supposed conflict between Jason Baldwin and his supposed girlfriend. Uh, in the next episode on this. Um, basically, this Damien was simply deceiving uh, Domini about who he was talking to and why he was talking to them. He was talking to a 12-year-old girl that he that was considered that considered him herself to be Domini, uh, Damien's other girlfriend. Consider that Damien was an 18-year-old, sexually active young man who was uh, the expectant father of a child and had a steady girlfriend uh, that he was sleeping with, at least sleeping over at her house. I, d I don't know the exact nature of their relations while she, 
he was there, but we can make certain assumptions, but he was over there spending the night several nights a week. Uh, notes indicated the mowing was around 5.45 and that Damien's mother picked them up around 7.45 to 8 p.m. No explanation as to why it would be that late and this conflicts with what Dominique had stated earlier and also what Damien had stated earlier. Uh, also mentioned were teenagers in the local witch cult. Chris, which would be Chris Luttrell, Murray, Murray J. Ferris, and Deanna Holcomb, who was uh, Damien's former girlfriend who told police that she and Damien had been involved in black magic, though they practiced separately, but she, he was definitely into black magic, into drugs, into witchcraft, into the occult, into a lot of bad things, and she basically at this point had repudiated the practice of black magic uh, and was no longer with Damien. His, break, his breakup with her almost exactly a year earlier had precipitated uh, three trips to mental hospitals, uh, an extreme amount of violent acting out with threats to kill uh, her, her parents, her new boyfriend. Uh, he threatened to kill uh, his own parents threatened to kill himself, made a suicide attempt, etc., etc. There was a lot of violent acting out in the year before he actually killed these three little boys. Discrepancies quickly grew in various accounts of the day. For example, police first were told that Damien's father picked them up, then Damien's mother, and finally the whole Eccles family was in the car. Time track started at 7 p.m. well before dark. Sunset was at 7.49 p.m. I get ahead of myself sometimes with these explanations. I forget that I wrote all this in here. I don't know why. I, I mean, I don't know why I would forget. I know that I tried to cover all this. I think I did at least a fairly decent job of it. In a later statement, Dominique said she got home even earlier, perhaps as early as 5.30. In later statements, she made no mention of a phone call in which Eccles claimed he was tired and going to sleep. Her description of that conversation is a single instance in which one of the four girls that Damien still claims he was talking to on the phone, I mean, he still, still made these claims as recently as probably 2018. I'm not sure he's addressed any of that this year, but if he hasn't, it's not because his so-called alibi isn't there to be tapped. It's just that he rarely even gets asked anything as uh, confrontive from most of his media interviewers as, what were you doing while the killings were going on? Uh, he gets he gets softball interviews, puff pieces, uh, nothing of any substance, including in supposedly reputable news outlets like the Guardian and the New York Times. Uh, Damien claims he was talking, the, one of the four girls, Damien claims he was talking to on the phone. This is a single instance in which one of the four girls, Damien claims he was talking to on the phone 
actually said they had a phone conversation with Damien in the late afternoon, early evening. In other words, the only one that made anything like, that's anything like a so-called alibi as far as a phone call of these four girls, Holly George, Heather Quiet, Jennifer Bearden, Dominique Teer, was Dominique Teer who made this single mention of talking to Damien on the phone uh, in which Damien claimed he was tired and going to sleep and she stopped mentioning that later and actually it's a single mention of this she doesn't mention it later I mean it would be an alibi of sorts if she had stuck to that story but there's no mention of it later so it's not it's not an alibi of any of any substance anyway I mean, you got to have an alibi witness who'll stand by the alibi, and Dominique didn't do that. She did stick by her own alibi, very consistently and adamantly. Eccles and his family also claimed to have gone to the home of family friends at varying times that e evening and afternoon, but well before 8 p.m. This was the Sanders family, the, a visit that was totally destroyed, the, the account of which was totally destroyed in, in the, uh, the trial. Dominique took a nap, not long, the, alibi, the phone call alibi was never even brought up in trial. If it was such a good alibi, one would ask, why didn't Damien's attorney bring one of those girls on the stand? They had been called, as, they had been subpoenaed but they didn't go to the stand, and the reason they didn't go to the stand by the defense anyway is maybe the defense finally figured out, hey, these girls actually don't provide any sort of alibi to Damien, despite what he said. Dominique took a nap not long after she got home, and then, according to her own account, and then argued with Damien starting around 10 about Baldwin's supposed girlfriend calling Eccles. Police confiscated a notebook from Dominie that contained dark-themed poems with themes of death and suicide, full of typical teenage angst. They were much of a piece with her boyfriend's morbid musings in his book of shadows. Tear gave a, an extensive statement to Fogelman on September 10th under a subpoena. Also in the room were her appointed attorney, Gerald Coleman, her mother, Diane Tear, and Gary, Chief Inspector Gary Gitchell of the West Memphis Police Department. Dominique explained she dropped out in the 10th grade because she was pregnant and described how she had moved around among various local addresses, her father's home in Illinois, and uh, also in, in California. Her father wasn't in California. She lived in California. Fogelman asked Dominie about Jennifer's relationship with Damien. Dominie explained, uh, quote, Jason was going out with a girl named Holly, and Holly was Jennifer's best friend. Fogelman, uh-huh, is that what Damien told you? Dominie, yeah. Fogelman asked, do you know Heather? Dominie, yeah, that was another one of Jason's girlfriends. We're talking about Heather Quiet, who's given some really bad accounts of her own involvement with Jason and 
her attempts at alibis and so forth are really laughable. Fogelman, how many girlfriends does Jason have? Domini. Jason started going out with a Holly girl, and then him and her didn't get along or whatever, and they broke up, and then he started going out with Heather. Now, as a matter of fact, Holly George had no interest whatsoever in Baldwin and had never been his girlfriend. Echols, the 18-year-old prospective father of Dominique's child, was talking on the phone to his other girlfriend, 12-year-old Jennifer Bearden, every day and was using supposed phone calls from Holly as cover. Dominique described her day on May 5th for Fogelman saying, Eccles had not spent the night previously and that a friend of his, Ken, had skipped school and come over at about 7 a.m. on May 5th. They, quote, sat around and waited for Jason and Damien. Damien got there around 1, and then me and him and Ken just kind of sat around waiting for Jason to get out of school. Fogman asked, all right, is this something that y'all had planned before about getting together? Dominie, yeah, we had planned it a day before. Fogelman, all right, what had y'all planned on doing? Dominique, well, we planned on Jason skipping school and just us hanging around like at the mall and stuff, and Jason went to school that day, so we had to wait for him. Now, Damien went virtually every day over to Lakeshore from his home in West Memphis, the town where he says he ne hardly ever, ever went into, and he actually supposedly lived there. His family certainly lived there, and they had a bedroom there that they considered to be his bedroom, though he had to share it with his sister, which, again, I'm not really sure how that works, but there you go. And... Uh, But it raises a question, what was so different about May 5th that it would require planning when it wasn't really that, what they were doing really wasn't that much different than any other day. The only thing that seems to have been somewhat different was, and now Ken skipped school. In fact, Ken, I think, went one more day, I think after the bodies were found, Ken uh, disappeared, uh, dropped out of school, basically disappeared, went back to Memphis, Police had trouble finding him. Eventually, they did get in touch with Ken Watkins, uh, Ken Little Bit Watkins. Uh, Ken told various stories, trying to give Jason an alibi, and, indica and finally indicated that uh, Damien had confessed to him. Uh, then he got into some denial, took a took a uh, polygraph and lied to the polygraph examiner, but the way he lied indicated that, in fact, he, he had been telling the truth about Damien confessing to him. Anyway, uh, Damien, uh, Dominique said school got out at 3.15 and uh, Baldwin arrived about 3.25. Though Damien went to Lakeshore virtually every day to see Jason and Dominique. That particular day was somehow different. They had a plan for May 5th, just as Damien, Jason, and Jesse had a plan. In fact, Jesse describes 
Damian and Jason calling him earlier that week and them planning to go to West Memphis to beat up some boys. Fogelman. And after he got after he got there talking about Jason, what did y'all do? Dominique, we walked back to Jason's house. She said Jason stopped off at his home before coming to her trailer. His little brothers, Matthew and Terry, were home. Quote, and he called his mom, and his mom told him he needed to go over to his uncle's and mow the lawn. So we all got up, and we all walked over to his uncle's. And that's Uncle Hubert Bartouche. Fogelman. I think it's his, it's his great uncle, but anyway. Fogelman. Okay, about what time did y'all get to his uncle's? Domini, uh, four o'clock, something like that. We walked, you know, on the highway, not the service road, but the highway. We walked over the interstate through the Walmart parking lot. We walked around the side of the building towards the back and straight down to his uncle's house on those back streets. It didn't take us very long, about 10 or 15 minutes. So there you have it from Dominique Tier herself. How long did it take to get from Lakeshore over to... Not only in just to the Walmart in West Memphis, but down some side streets, down close to the water tower uh, and the park uh, that's just off off uh, Missouri Street, which is one of the main drags in West Memphis. It's the main north-south. Actually, it's east-west. Who knows? I can't. That direction's a little confusing. But anyway, uh, it's the main drag, one of the main drags off the interstate. Uh, the other being Broadway. Uh, didn't take them very long to get from Lakeshore into the heart of old West Memphis anyway. There's some more suburban, it's not a suburb, but you know, there are newer areas out to the, the west while the older town is to the east. And this was pretty much in the middle and not very far at all from Robin Hood Hills where the boys were killed mile a little bit over a mile Vogelman you got there about 4 or 4.15 then what did you do Domini Jason mowed the lawn we sat there for a while watching him mow the lawn and then me and Damien got up and walked to the laundromat Damien said he had to call his mom to come pick him up. I don't know. He just called his mom. When they left, Baldwin was still mowing, having circled the very small yard about three times. Uh, about two more times, and the yard would pretty much be mowed up from what I've seen. It's a small yard. Uh, the grass wouldn't have been thick. Jason claims it took him two hours to mow this tiny yard. Is yeah. I know why he claims that, it's, but the claim is ridiculous. Anyway, they had left Ken there as well. They sat on the back porch while Baldwin's uncle, Hubert, got the lawnmower out of the shed. They called Eccles' mother, quote, about 5 or 5.30, something like that. And his mother and his sister picked him up. No mention of the father this time. After seeming uncertainty about whether Joe Hutchinson was there, she said he was driving. Well, they did mention Joe, but only she wasn't really too sure if he was there or not. Uh, Domini, they took me home around like 4, 5.45, 6 o'clock in there between. 
Fogelman, do you remember what was on TV when you came in? Dominie, I didn't look at the TV. I walked the dog. I just came in and sat at the kitchen table just for a couple of minutes, and then I got bored, and then I got up, got the dog's leash, and walked to the store with the dog. The walk was, quote, probably about 10 minutes, unquote. When she got back, time tracks was fixing to come on, which would have been about 7, uh, I think. That's right. I, I took a shower and mop because mom had told me what happened while time tracks ended till the end of time tracks. She had told me what happened. Then I got out of the shower and I laid in bed for a while and Damien called and me and him back, bickered back and forth for almost an hour. Then she made me get off the phone. Fogelman, what time did he call? Domini, about 10. So according to this statement, Dominique couldn't account for Eccles whereabouts from about 6 to about 10 p.m. Fogelman, what were y'all bickering about, Dominique? Jason, you know, Jason's girlfriend, Holly, called, kept calling Damien, crying about Jason, and I didn't like her calling Damien, crying to him about Jason. Fogelman followed up, okay, I thought Jason and Holly had already broken up and he was dating Heather. Dominique, uh-uh. He'd, uh, no, he was going out with Holly, and just a little bit before y'all arrested him, he'd started going out with Heather. But him and Holly were still, they weren't going out, but they was just seeing each other because she was supposed to be breaking up with some other boyfriend while they was trying to go out. Fogelman, uh-huh, okay, and y'all argue about that? Dominique, uh-huh, okay, Why? Dominique, because she was crying to him, and, and he was just like, all poor Holly, and then I come crying to him. It wasn't all poor Holly. It was, he would get mad because I was having mood swings all the time, and I would just, blah, 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 inaudible. Then he got mad about it because he didn't understand. We kept trying to explain to him that I was inaudible to do that. And I got mad because he was sympathizing with Holly, and I didn't want Holly calling him at all. So Gary Gitchell asked, How come y'all weren't together that afternoon? You're usually together all the time. Dominic, he was just at home. He had to go to the doctor that morning. You know, that did not explain why they were not together longer that afternoon. He had gone to the doctor earlier that day. The doctor had noted his propensity for impulsive, violent behavior. Um, Fogelman, did he spend the night that night at your house? Dominique, that Wednesday? That Wednesday? Fogelman, uh-huh, did he? Uh, Dominique, no, he didn't spend the night that Wednesday. Fogelman, how about Tuesday? Dominique, now Tuesday, yes, Thursday. Thursday he spent the night because we got into another argument because of the same people, and I wanted him to spend the night with me that night because, Fogelman, because you were mad at him? Not Dominique. No, we weren't mad at each other. We got back. We were okay after that, but I still wanted him to stay with me. Asked again about Tuesday. She said, yeah, he did spend the night Tuesday because he went home Wednesday morning because he had a doctor's appointment. She said he did not spend the night Friday. Other accounts placed Damien at home on Tuesday. Dominique said Damien spent the night on Thursday. Damien has said he did not spend the night at Dominique's on May 6th. 
Fogelman backtrack, Clinton clear up confusion about Tuesday night and Wednesday morning. Now, what about Tuesday night? I wasn't clear on that. I thought you said he did, and then I thought you said he didn't, so I wasn't clear on Tuesday night. Domini, on Tuesday? Um, yeah, he did spend the night Tuesday because he went home Wednesday morning because he had a doctor's appointment. Now, uh, Damien would have had to left very early on Wednesday morning as she's already said that Ken Watkins showed up at her house around 7 a.m. Uh, there's not much evidence that Damien was an early riser, but who knows? Just, she makes no mention of in, in other accounts of him being over there that morning uh, and having to head off to uh, home, how he got there, or anything like that at all. And in fact, other accounts place Damien at home with his father storming out of the house and Damien crying about it Tuesday night. But since it's from the Eccles family, it's, it probably, it's as questionable as everything else that comes out of any member of the Eccles family's mouths. Um, Dominique said Eccles did not spend the night Friday. Instead, quote, I spent the night with him Friday. Instead, I spent the night with him Friday. Asked about being seen by the Hollingsworth family on the service road. Her relatives, her so-called relatives, aren't really relatives who claim they saw Dame, Dominie and Damien uh, walking along the service road uh, about 9.30 on Wednesday, May 5th, very close to where uh, Robin Hood Hills is located. She said, we never walked on the service road, ever. Fogelman, y'all walk on the interstate? Dominique, yeah. Fogelman, all right, you were not with him. Has he told you he was out with Jason walking around that night? Dominique fudged again. I don't know. Number one, he doesn't walk on the service road, whether he's with Jason or he's with me. He just doesn't walk on the service road because it's quicker to go over the interstate. Well, Dominique's unequivocal about walking on the service road. We'll give her that. Fogelman, okay, did he tell you that he went walking with Jason anywhere that night? Dominique paused. Fogelman, you quit looking at me. He didn't tell you that? Dominique, no, he didn't tell me he was walking with Jason anywhere at night because usually Jason has to be in the house because Jason's mom is strict, strict about Jason coming in because usually she's at work and he wants him to take care of his little brothers. So he usually doesn't go anywhere at night. Okay, I'm going to stop there. I'm going to mention that according to the only adult that was at the Baldwin home that evening, Dink Dent, a petty criminal but a chronic one, uh, a repeat offender who seemed to constantly end up in jail, uh, but he gives a, what I consider to be a pretty credible account of the, simply because he seems to be telling the truth. It doesn't seem to, he just doesn't seem to slant in any particular way, and he really has no reason not to tell the truth. Uh, Jason didn't come in, and he was gone that evening and didn't come in until 
pretty close to when his mother called at 9.30 at night. Now, he waffles somewhat on the time, but the, his mother, Gail Grinnell, called around 9.30 on her break every evening, and that's when we know, according to Dink Dent, that's the time Jay, about the time Jason came in. He puts it somewhat earlier, and then he puts it somewhat, you know, but that is about the time he came in. If he came in at 9, he still had plenty of time to commit the murders. If he came in at 8.30, he still had plenty of time to be involved in the murders. So Dink Dent does not offer any sort of alibi to Jason Baldwin. Uh, Jason Baldwin doesn't, doesn't mention that. Uh, he gives his idea of an alibi is to say he was busy doing this and that that evening without giving any details at all or any timeline. You know, and Jason, that doesn't cut it, but you know, you may not understand that. I think you probably are a little smarter than Jesse, but not much. Anyway, that's enough from me for now. Uh, I'll be back again soon with the rest of uh, my chapter on Dominique Tear. Thank you for listening.